But anyway, the hilarious joke that I made while we were silent was, let's talk more about LinkedIn, Bob. Let's do that. Who's, who's good to connect with? Bottom line, I am on LinkedIn, and I'm going to be on there, and I'll be hanging out. So if you want to come find me and Bob Lodick on LinkedIn, L-O-T-I-C-H, come find me, say hi. We and I'll say be posting Lodick. more stuff on there. That's how we say our name, Lodick. Yeah. yeah, if you want to know how to pronounce our name, you'll be in the, I don't know, very, very small percentage of people in the world who know how to pronounce our name. So if you have a really difficult name to pronounce, I'm curious, do you, when people, you know— Read your name at like, or you're checking into a hotel, or they're bringing yeah. you your check at the end of a restaurant, and they totally butcher your name. So Lotish, you know, <laughs> Mr. Lotish, do you just say, yep, that's it? Or do you say, actually, it's, and then pronounce your name correctly? You. Yeah. Those are two very different people. I always would say, actually, it's, I mean, I was nice about it. I wasn't ever offended because I, yeah. I wouldn't know how to pronounce it. I get it. that it's a weird name. But you just say, yep, <laughs> and you just move on. So I started doing that. So I, I pick my battles. That's what it comes down to. If it's somebody who I know they're going to be saying my name over and over again for the next three years, it's like, I'll correct them. But again, a waiter, someone at a store, and you'll make it's a like, joke yes, out of I don't it. really care. Right. I will say, yes, that's exactly how you say it. You got it right. <laughs> you nailed it, buddy. Uh, anyway. So, so yeah, I'm curious what everybody so, yeah, else does. So yeah, send us a DM if you have an interesting story around there uh, on Instagram at Sea Time, or you send, send it, on it LinkedIn. over on LinkedIn. <laughs> send it to me there. I'd love to hear oh, that. Man. But uh, all right. Anyway, so today what we're talking about that I'm really excited to talk about uh, is the four biggest money secrets of millionaires that most people misunderstand. And this, all right. Is super cool. This comes from a, uh, a study that um, the Ramsey team put together where they. Um, basically surveyed 10,000 millionaires and asked all these questions and found out a lot of super interesting information about millionaires that I think most people have no idea about and mm. that most people are completely wrong about. So I think there's all just right. a lot of really, really good stuff in here. So What if you ask it in the form of a question? Can you do that without giving it away? I don't know. Uh, maybe. Maybe we can maybe. try Maybe. The first one I think will work. So... And the reason we're talking about this and the reason I find this fascinating is that I believe success leaves clues, okay? So you can look at someone who has succeeded in some particular area, and there's oftentimes clues of how they got there. Mm. Now, it might not be a 100% roadmap where you can follow step-by-step everything. You know, that's not always the case, although sometimes it is. But there's often clues of, all right, this person did this and this and this, and those were kind of defining characteristics of how they achieved X, Y, or Z. Okay. Therefore... Maybe we should model some of that. Maybe we should apply some of that to what we're doing if we desire the same thing that they right. achieved, you know? Same result, right. So anyway, first question, I guess, or maybe maybe we could pose this question <clears throat> is, what percentage of millionaires do you think inherited their wealth versus uh, those who... Um, Are self-made. Essentially self-made. I don't like right. the term self-made, but yeah, for... So we can understand. Yeah, self-made millionaires. So that's the first question. Ask yourself <clears throat> that. What percentage of millionaires do you think inherit it? Okay. Or do you want to guess? I mean. A lot of thought going into this. I know. Well, it's here. interesting because when you think about how things used to be, or at least according to the movies that I watch about the olden times. <laughs> the olden times. <laughs> It's a lot of like inheritance and they yeah. look down on people who were self-made new money. Yeah. yeah, new money. It was yeah. just like, well, they who's their family? What did their family do? You know, yeah. but now it's a little bit 
the opposite. Yeah. Where it's like, if you inherit your money, you're kind of like, oh, well, you didn't even have to work for it. Yeah. All you right. Know what so I mean? I'm just going to give you the answer. 3% <laughs> of millionaires received an inheritance of a million dollars or more. three? 3% of received an inheritance of a million or more. Okay. So that would be a, I have nothing and then I'm instantly a millionaire. Okay. So 3% inherited a, a million or more. Okay. But there's I'm surprised by that. 79% of millionaires did not receive any inheritance at all from parents or family members. So that means that 21% received something, but it wasn't enough to push them to be millionaires. What's itself. great about this is that there's so much hope. Yeah. No, that's what's really cool about this. Is that you don't have to have that. And you don't even have to receive any inheritance. Yeah, absolutely. Because like I would I, in my head, I would think, oh, well, if somebody received, you know, $100,000 as an inheritance, they could use that to start their business or, you know, yep. whatever, mm-hmm. get them up and going. Yeah. But that's not the case either. Yeah. Wow. Look at this. 80% of millionaires come from families at or below a middle class income level. 80% of millionaires. That's also wow. really cool. And, and I think it is a little bit to like, no doubt, there's still inequality. And I think that's just always going to be present. Like Jesus said, that we always have the poor with us. I think that's always going to be yeah. present. But I think we should do whatever we can do to help remedy and solve that. Mm-hmm. And I think to what you're saying, I think we've seen that tide turn a little bit. Like that's exciting to me that 80% yeah. of millionaires were middle class or lower class. Like that's really yeah. cool and encouraging that, at least in America, that you can change your family tree. Right. You know and especially mean? because... Like, I feel like so many people can be trapped in a certain mindset. And it's just exciting to see that many people break out of. Yeah. I'll always be poor type of thinking, you know? Yeah. And with the, you know, unlimited amount of education that anyone can get from mm -hmm. YouTube or from whatever these days, uh, like education is so much more accessible than it's ever been. And Mm -hmm. so I think that just makes all of this. For those who are willing to put in the work, yeah, uh, just makes a lot more accessible. Yeah, that's awesome. All yeah. right, great. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna try not to look at the screen and read it. All right, so you want to guess? You want to keep guessing? I want to keep guessing. I think okay. this is kind of fun. All right. Uh, well, I don't think the second one's gonna work like that, but oh, <laughs> we'll just, just ruin do it. it. So I'm gonna just ruin it for you. So okay. the second one is that you don't need to earn nearly as much as you think in order to become a millionaire. Okay, so. Explain most more. people, most people believe that reaching millionaire status requires a big income. Mm. Okay, but according to this national study of millionaires, it shows that the average millionaire makes far less than you would expect. So, thirty-three percent of millionaires never made more than a hundred thousand dollars a year at any point in their career. Thirty-three percent, a third of them, never made more than hundred grand a year. Okay, thirty-one um, percent of millionaires made around a hundred thousand dollars a year over the course of their career, and then from a uh, you know, whatever we would call this, uh, your position in your company, mm. uh, only 15% of millionaires were in senior leadership roles, oh, wow. executive roles, like CEO, CFO, 15%? and stuff like that. Yeah, only 15%. So that means 85% were you know, middle shows. to lower level employees. That's very interesting. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, and then we talk about this in the book and in... Uh, TFF, True yeah. Financial Freedom, um, about Mike Tyson yeah. and Ronald Reed. Yeah. And Ronald Reed is this, you know, gas station attendant and a janitor, right? Yeah. Made that salary and had 
what eight, eight million dollars when, when he died. died. And I mean, you you honestly give of several other examples of people, yeah. people no, like that who's tons like have of examples. tiny salaries, but yeah. by the time they die, they're like they're rolling in it. Yeah, no, and that's why I always say it's less about what you make and more about what you do with it. Right. Like we have so much more control over the outcome, mm-hmm. and it's the salary. It can help, no doubt. Yeah. But like as we see with Mike Tyson, who earned $300, $400 million over the course of his career and blew it all, like it's not about how much money you make, you know? It almost seems like the tides are shifting because, you know, when our grandparents, we think about our grandparents and they would work at a company for what? You know, 50 30, years. 40, yeah. 50 years. Get their years. watch. Get, get their, their watch, get their pension. You know, it was like the, their loyalty to a place would kind of take care of them in their yeah. retirement. And then you see our parents' generation who it wasn't as much like that. Like it's you had to start shift, working yeah. for it. And we saw what was happening when people weren't working for it because they were still in that like transition of, but the company is supposed to take care of me and mm-hmm. they're not doing that anymore. Yeah. yeah. And now I feel like people are getting it. Don't yeah, you think? I do. I really do. It's just, it, yeah, it's interesting. The education is coming out a lot more to where people are like, no, I have to be investing. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully we're all getting good information and not just, you know, just buy crypto. It's the, it's the best thing. <laughs> I love your investing advice, hon. Uh, you need to write a book. All right. Uh, I already did, bro. I'm you just did kidding. Write a book. We wrote a book together. So... Uh, millionaire number three, millionaire spending habits look a whole lot different than everyone has led us to believe. Okay. Whether that is, uh, you know, commercials, whether that's Instagram influencers, YouTubers with their Lamborghinis or whatever else, uh, the millionaire, the true millionaire habits are very, very different. Okay. So Mm -hmm. most people, when they think of millionaires, they think of whatever I got my, $100,000 $100,000 Mercedes right. or I got all Rolex. these Gucci bags and yeah, whatever, all this stuff. Flashy is what yeah. we think. Yeah. Yeah. But the truth is, is that it's very, very different. And The Millionaire Next Door, that book I read, whatever, 10, 15 years ago, that highlighted this idea as well and just blew my mind because everything I thought a millionaire was, it's like, nope, it's completely different. Yeah. They actually drive Hondas and they, they you know. <laughs> Bob was so, like, we need a Honda. He read that book. He was like, we're buying a Honda next. Well, I did have a few Hondas. Anyway, so (laughs) bottom line is I think there's just this massive confusion over what real millionaires actually do with their money. Mm -hmm. And again, coming back to that first point of success leaving clues, it's like when we understand what they actually do and not what the the wannabes do, not what the the posers do who are trying to make it look like they have a lot of money. Um, And there's a proverb too, and I forgot which one it is, where it says something to the effect of, um, there's one who pretends to be rich but has nothing, mm. and then one who pretends to be poor or something and has great wealth. People or think like the that. Bible is not relevant. So, anyway, so 94% of millionaires said they live on less than they earn. Okay, 94% wow. said they live on less than they earn, and this one is really, really cool. Well, they have to. Like, 75% of millionaires reported that they never in their lives have carried a credit card balance. That is that is a testament. That is telling something right there. That's interesting. 75% reported they have never in their lives carried a credit card balance. In their lives? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. It's, it's interesting because if they're growing up middle class or lower, 
Yeah. I don't know. I just find that interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so anyway, I think the big takeaway from this is stop carrying a balance. If you're carrying a balance on your credit card and you want to move forward financially, you know, and, and I think we all know this, but this is just like some emphasis to that point that that's not helping you get where you want to go, you know? Quit being showy. Quit being flashy. Quit being flashy. Yeah. Quit trying to impress other people. Quit spending you know, money. And I know, like I know all of our C time community who's listening to this is like, yeah, of course, I got that. And because you, know, you guys are all smart. Don't receive an inheritance. If someone wants to give it to you, <laughs> reject it. <laughs> no, I don't I disagree. Like I'm get just in kidding. The, I know, I know, I'm I know kidding. you make a joke, but but like let's get in the position that when that inheritance comes that, that we can ready. multiply yeah. that we can use that for the advancement of the kingdom in such a significant way mm-hmm. but again that's why it's so important that we get these things right and we're not just like yeah whatever my parents are going to leave me a million dollars and I'm going to go blow it on three cars this $250,000 oh, Lamborghini I had a friend a long time ago who she got an inheritance when she was like 18 and it was gone so fast like she like leading up to it she was like oh man i just can't wait i'm gonna do this this and this and i was like okay that sounds like i wish i had it yes. <laughs> i we, i mean i was not spending money wisely but i did watch how fast it went and it was like that seemed like you were going to be a bajillionaire and that money was gone within two years probably yeah so i'll just mention this because we were talking about this um we're recording this class for uh, the Glorify Bible app right now, which I'm super excited to do. And so that'll be coming out soon, and we'll let you all know about it when it comes out. But I like that app, too. Yeah. And if you haven't checked yeah. it out, So it's you a should. Bible app that's, yeah, they're just doing some cool things in there. But anyway, all that to say, in this, we were just talking about this the other day in one of the lessons we were creating. Uh, there was a study done of lottery winners, and then I found this to be fascinating. But uh, lottery winners, doesn't matter how much money you win. Six months later, you are no happier than you Mm. were before you won. So like that initial burst of happiness, because, whoa, we just won $10 million or whatever. It's like, it's super exciting for a day and maybe even a week or whatever. But you quickly return down to your normal levels of happiness. And so interesting. I think that's so telling because so many people just think this is going to change my life for the positive Mm -hmm. in so many ways. And, and. Yeah, for the rest of my life. Right. And the reality is, is that... More money, uh, more problems. Well, that, but also, you know, and this study doesn't even go into all the problems because when you actually study this out, like, it's really tragic. Like, there are there's a high percentage of lottery winners who end up saying, I wish I would have never won. Oh, my gosh. Because of all the problems that ensue and whatever, family challenges because everybody's asking mm. you for money and all the drama that happens. Uh, so, anyway, inheritance is slightly different. In some ways, but point is uh, that excitement, that rush, it wears off. Yeah, and it doesn't last forever. And that I think that's really good to know. Yeah, totally. Because I think so many people go into it like, "Yes, this is gonna change my life for good right. forever, and I'm gonna be happy forever." And it's like, no, it's not. You got you got a few yeah. days. Enjoy it while it's fun, and <laughs> yeah, you know, then it's gonna it's wear off. But anyway, all right, let's go to the uh, fourth one. Okay. All right. This one uh, is that millionaires are investors. Okay. So this Mm. study that was done uh, determined that a key uh, determining factor of whether or not people were going to be millionaires was that they were investors. They were investing their money. So 75% of millionaires said that consistent investing over a long period of time is the main reason for them reaching that millionaire status. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the only thing that makes sense given all the other things, not having an inheritance and... 
uh, growing up middle to lower class and also yeah. not earning a high salary, right? Yeah. 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 But I think the important takeaway too that I'm often trying to remind people is you aren't going to be able to save your way to become a millionaire. Mm. Like that's addition. Okay. But we need to be thinking in terms of multiplication. Right. How do we multiply the money that God's entrusted us with? Mm -hmm. And that is through investing. That is through taking some level of calculated risk. And this is why you need to learn how to invest. Don't just run out and start doing it. And we have a 10X investing course. We'd be happy to show you everything we've learned on how to do that. But but the point is you need to use some wisdom, learn something about how to invest your money, and then take a calculated risk on how to do that. And this is the parable of the talents. You know, we go back to that that parable, and the two guys who took some risks were praised, but the one who took no risks and buried the talent in the sand, like the master did not have good things to say to him, you know? Right, because he didn't just want his money back in this. He was yeah. asking he for to you multiply to multiply it. it. Like that was the implication and, that was, yeah. Yeah, and we, we've talked about how... As long as the earth remains, these things will remain, you know, cold and heat. Yeah. Summer and winter. I forgot the other one. And seed time and harvest. Seed Maybe time and harvest. Day. I don't know. Yeah. And and that idea of he's basically telling us, go go do this. Yeah. Multiply. Multiply. Yeah. And when he and his the system that he sets in place is he didn't want, like he could have just created one apple tree, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. Or one apple but he didn't do that either. Like yeah, he put seeds in it and the system of multiplication. Yeah, so multiply. that you you don't you plant a seed and you don't just get a an apple. You get an entire tree with yeah. lots more on it. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's amazing. Like if you actually think about the system that God set in place, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, and we have the it same really opportunity is. to do that with our money. Mm-hmm. Allow our money to multiply to create more money. Yeah, and uh, anyway, and that's what millionaires do. Yeah. So this is also easy. And in terms of having a starting point with this, I'll give you this right here. So 80% of millionaires invested in their company's 401k or 403b plan. So four out of five millionaires invested, were invested in their 401k plan. So that's the low hanging fruit. That's the simple and easy way. And again, right. Like, and I, I've kind of been annoyed, uh, you know, doing what we do. I feel like I'm, I'm, Finding more and more, I have to like repeat myself and say the same thing over and over and over again. And one of those things is that if your employer has one of these and they have a matching program, like absolutely do it. Yeah. And I've said that so much. So I'm kind of like, I don't know if I need to say this anymore. But I just read the stat the other day. There's only like for the average 401k program, it's only like 20% of people are actually taking advantage of it. Go so to like, your right, HR rep today. Maybe we need to talk about it more. <laughs> Huh. No, but really, it's HR, right? That you go to. Yeah. Yeah. You go to HR and you say, "I want to start contributing," or find out what I'm contributing, and it'll make sure take it's... you probably 15 minutes. You go in there, you find your bank account, your routing number, give them a check, check, or whatever. It's simple. It's simple. It's simple. But well, yeah, one of the things that you always do to me because I hear that and I go, "Oh man, I got to fill out paperwork." Blah 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 blah, and then I delay it, but. One of the things that you always say to me is, if I was going to pay you a million dollars to fill out that paperwork, would you do it? If I was going to pay you a million dollars to, well, do you know what I mean? And more I know appropriately, you more appropriately is, what is the uh, dollar per hour return on doing this thing? You sure. Know what I mean? And so, like, I think that just makes it a little bit clearer. Sure. So, for example, like, what are refinancing your mortgage or something? Like, that's a great one. It's like, no one wants to do this. But if that's a $10,000 task and it's going to take you five hours, it's like, all right, would you... 
be happy to be paid $2,000 an hour <laughs> to go refinance your mortgage. Yes. It's like, yes, that makes it so much more enticing. Mm-hmm. And so in the case of this, it's a lot harder to measure what it actually is going to turn into. But right. But again, but for still. a dollar per hour task, it's like you probably don't get anything, especially if your uh, employer has a matching program where they're giving you free money. Right. You put in a dollar and they're like, we're going to put in a dollar for free for you. It's like, right. that's absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, by the way, we have that. So if you ever want to come work for us, we have a matching program in our what floral, are we? What are we hiring thing. for? Um, household, I don't know. household manager? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we do have a couple positions that we will be probably putting some feelers out for at some point mm-hmm. soon. But, um, but I'll just leave this. I, I'm going to throw this out there. If you do something and you're like, I think I could be a really big asset to what Seed Time is doing. And I love their mission. Send us an email. Send us a DM. Uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that. If you have great ideas, you're like, man, they're doing this well, but I'm an expert at that, and I could help them take that to the next level. Take it to yeah. the next level. Send us your ideas. We'll leave it at that. Uh, all right. So, oh, let me read this, too. This is really, really cool. Oh, good. Not a single millionaire in the study said one individual stock investment was a big factor in their financial success. Really? So what that means to me... So they were, didn't buy Apple back yes. when it first came out yes. or something like that. It wasn't just a one single stock. Starbucks, to me, what whatever. that means is that they were investing in mutual funds or index funds with a wide range of investments and not just one single uh, moonshot stock that did really, really well. Wow. In which... And I agree. Like, that's what we teach in our 10X investing course. And, you know, the second half, our plus package of the course, like I get into stock picking... Because we have had some big stock picks that uh, paid off our house, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like we've gotten that. And and that's great. But at the end of the day, like I agree with that. It's a much simpler approach um, and more consistent without the ups and downs. Because I've had yeah. stocks that have gone to zero. <laughs> so it's like sometimes it works really well and Krispy big Kreme. things happen. That was- Krispy Kreme, that was one. I Anyway, I, I, <laughs> long story short, we won't get into that. But uh. point is that... Sometimes individual stock goes up. Sometimes it goes down. Those you know, donuts tasted really good, too. That's kind of a bummer. I do remember that. You like Krispy Kremes? I did like Krispy Kremes. You yeah. get them hot. Yep. How cool is that? Great. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> so we have a... Uh, I got a sweet tooth. Do you know? It's time for chocolate, and I don't have any. Chocolate. Are we out? Yeah, and it's on its way. Right, so if you want to bring us some chocolate, we live in Franklin. That'd be Tennessee. great. Linda would appreciate that. If you want to just come on by. <laughs> um, fun fact. Uh, oh. I just fun random story. I had someone when our book came out send me an email and said, "Hey, I'm flying in from California. I want to be in Franklin. Uh, I'd love to come by your house and have you sign the book." And I'm like, mm, "Sure." You know, <laughs> like I, you know, I, I didn't know this person at all, but. Wanted Which me to come is a little risky, but I gotta say, I'm like, sure. I mean, I, if it was you, I might not have said yes, but uh, but since it was if me, if it was me asking to come, I'm like, I, I went, puffed my chest real big when I opened the door. He opened the you know? door with a shotgun. This is Tennessee. <laughs> Here's my sharpie to sign the book, and I got my shotgun. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So if you saw our front lawn, that would not make any sense. We live oh, in a, we live in a subdivision, yeah. Now, so it's it would be a it's little a bit short funny. front yard. Yeah. But anyway, it was kind of anyway. fun. And the guy uh, loved the book. And even more interesting than that, like he told me, he's like, I'm not even a Christian, but I just really loved this book. And I was like scratching my head. I'm like, I don't 
I am surprised because before I considered myself a Christian, I would have I wouldn't have liked this book. <laughs> I yeah, but anyway. Well, I thought that was really interesting. And we had someone else the other day reach out too who uh just absolutely loved the book and said that they weren't that. a believer and didn't really get all the God stuff we talked about, but really loved the book. And I'm like, man, Lord, you're doing things with this that I never expected. Yeah. So that's pretty fun. Well, it's just a seed planted. You know what I'm saying? Just a seed planted. Yeah. God, I just pray for both those people right now that you'd move on their yeah. lives, move in their hearts, and they come to know you in the fullness. In Amen. Jesus' name. So that is all for today. Hope you've enjoyed hanging out with us. We've enjoyed hanging out with you. And uh, yeah. Yeah. What is your action item for this? Yeah, a couple things. Like some of these things we talked about. Just think about this in your own life. All right. If we, if success, if success, <laughs> if success leaves clues, like what are the things you can apply? And so get, mm-hmm. maybe that's a 401k, like just starting there. If you haven't done any of this, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's, yeah, not being so flashy with your money. Maybe if that's it, not trying to keep up with the Joneses, don't worry that your neighbors got a new car. Keep driving your car. That's paid off. Just enjoy it. Keep driving uh, that Honda. <laughs> drive that Honda. That's the millionaire maker there, man. So anyway, that's all for today. We will see you in the next episode. We love you. Thank you for being part of the C-Time community. See ya. All right. We want to know if you've heard about our flagship class called True Financial Freedom. Yeah. And if you haven't, it's more than just a money class. Mm -hmm. It's really about fulfilling your God-given purpose, breaking free from hidden money beliefs and making a lasting impact. Yeah, and we've gotten feedback from students and they've said things like, it is the first class I've taken where at the end of each session, I felt equipped and not burdened. Yeah, and it's less theory and more realistic action steps and guidance. We've also heard it felt like a conversation with friends, which is awesome. Yeah, and it encouraged me in ways I didn't think I would ever experience. This class is on demand and it's designed for churches and small groups as well as individuals. And you can get all the details at seedtime.com slash TFF.